camera fades in on a dimly lit workspace. We see shadows dancing on the walls, flickering back and forth. Shelves are crammed with bottles, full and empty, and notes are sprawled endlessly on the walls. There are alchemical formulas, old posters of Blythier covered in soot, and sprawled open on the edge of a desk is an open scroll. The writing is etched in red, with strange symbols and words written in abyssal. It sits just on the edge of the frame, the flickering of its shadows caused by an open flame dancing against the wall. Suddenly we hear an explosion along with a burst of light that hides the shadows. In an instant, we are back to the dim light, flickering shadows again. An angry voice screams, and we hear the shattering of glass as we see an entire alchemy kit thrown to the floor, shattering and spilling their alchemical chemical or their chemicals, their alchemical chemicals. Wow, <laughs> spilling their chemicals randomly across the ground. We hear heavy breathing. You, you took everything from me. Let's try something a little different this time. The camera pans over and we can see the shards of broken glass atop a workspace. The ever-present flickering of shadows gives the scene an ominous tone, a little unsettling. We see an out-of-focus shape of a person slam something down on a desk and begin writing. The camera cuts and we see the piece of paper up close. It appears to be a blank order form of some sort. The figure scrawls furiously. Suddenly, they pull away, toss the quill aside, and tear off the top half of the form the camera shifts to show a piece of paper lit by flickering flame. We see it reads, Vashon Gattleby, 451 Clockwork Street, Steamhaven. As the paper snaps down, we get a close-up look at the man's face for the first time, his eyes filling the entire frame. His skin is a dark purple, his eyes glowing bright orange, flickering with rage. Along the left side of his face, a scar goes through his eye, down into his cheek. The scar itself cuts unnaturally deep and pulses with an orange glow in time with the flickering eyes. The eyes stare back at us and we can feel the anger from deep within. Then an intense laugh fills the air, unhinged. <laughs> it fades to the buzzing sound of wasps. The camera is suddenly beneath a smoggy sky, the click clacking of the city around us drowned out by the buzz. We can see a large cluster of wasps squeezing between a small crack and a boarded up window. As we push in through the crack through the wasps, 
we see thousands of them abandoning their home. A small spherical device absorbs the warmth of the room around it, replacing it with a light fog that radiates outward. Hundreds of wasps lie here, sleepy, unable to move, fallen, lifeless across the room. The camera pushes in further past the sphere, through the door, and into the main room of an old abandoned brewery. We find our outlaws here, patching themselves up from the recent battle with some clockwork brewery machines. Here, in the yeast of all brewery, the crew looks to uncover the mystery of just what Vashon Gattleby would risk his life coming here for. Uh, Saruk passes over his shield, which is not looking well. I do suppose you can... Then it kind of like slides it over. No, it's just the, the clockwork got very intimate with you earlier. That is one way to it put just it. Yeah, I'll be went fine. in there and just... Those are other ways to put it. Yes. I usually try and take him out on a date first. You think that's why they call it happy hour? That didn't look too happy. I am going to open this door. What is in this door? <laughs> I'm really glad it wasn't an encounter. <laughs> yeah, so the, the door the door is actually locked, but you have the key, so you can fuddle, fumble with the keys for just a moment, trying to get away from the awkward conversation, and sort of pop it open. Uh, and yeah, luckily, there doesn't appear to be any sort of encounter or something dangerous lurking on the other side. Um, it opens, and it's a storage area stuffed with empty barrels, steel buckets, crates of glass bottles, racks of dusty stemware, tables covered in taps, siphon stirrers, and what appears to be a full set of brewing equipment. And just with a, a quick glance, it definitely seems like this is a combination. It's like a storage area for, for their equipment, but there's a usable set of brewing equipment here. A little old and dusty, but otherwise functional. You can tell just at a glance that somebody's already come through and picked everything valuable. So like all of the, the sort of silverware and stuff that's left is definitely like knockoff and wooden. Well, I suppose I'll step on in. Does it look like this? Hey, I found a thing. Yeah, so that so looking at here, right, there's definitely um, the table, a 100% a usable uh Specifically, they're Sterling Artisan's Tools, which gives you an item bonus for brewing uh, potions because they are potions. They're meant for brewing beers and whiskey, but you could definitely use it to make potions with a plus one item bonus if somebody was so inclined. And I think, you know, as you spend some time going around the room and just looking, uh, there is one more thing you find, which is sort of in one of the barrels that's sort of completely empty. Right at the bottom, there is a worn out older stuffed animal of a uh what appears to be a lion shaped stuffed animal this is not what i was expecting to find in here so we'll pull the lion out and begin to examine it see if there's like writing on a name tag or like maybe the stuffing looks like someone has stuffed a thing inside it to hide it yeah, as you you take it out and look uh there's no tags no identifiable identifiable markers nothing that would show like you know if there was a craftsman that made it it's just got like months and months of like caked on like dust and the bottom of this barrel has had a little bit of liquid so it's kind of moldy at the bottom as you look at it and as you pull it close to your face to kind of look you just see the bottom 
sort of like a thin layer of slimy mold has collected on the bottom of the stuffed animal. Poor little guy. Hey, Anita. I'll bring the, the stuff lying over. You don't know if maybe Galloway left his emotional support stuffed animal here. Uh, could I recall knowledge on Mr. Vashon Gatoby? Uh, sure. You have, I mean, you don't have Gatoby lore. On friendship. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what what sort of uh, check that would be. Let's just make it an academia lore check. Your time spent at the academy learning with Vashon, yeah. Yeah. Wow, I'm looking for everything again. Okay, here we go. Bring it on. Good morning. Whoa. That's a 12. Uh, you rack your brain, and you don't remember ever in any conversations with Gattleby any topic of, like, emotional support stuffed animals or stuffed animals or lions. It doesn't... There's no connection that you can make with Gattleby. Hmm. I've, I don't think that he would own any of... He'd own that. However, it does seem out of place in this brewery. It really does. Watch it have been Mr. Kneecaps's. I mean, we can put it in here. My backpack. We'll put it in a normal bag. <laughs> it's a backpack with the stitching that says bag of holding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Is that a cheetah? Saruk? No, I'm just a lion. A very sad, not taken care of lion. I don't know how it got in there. It's... My gut says this is what Gattleby is looking for, if for no other reason than it makes no fucking sense for it to be here. Maybe he has kids or something. Yeah, maybe. Oh. Or a token of love. Hey. Yeah. To someone. Ah, is there anything in here? Yeah, is there anything in there? In the room? If you guys want to spend some yeah. time and... and you want to go, so you want to go check out the. Uh, this is like the sort of tasting room. So you fought the things that came out of here, but you you haven't really properly come in here to explore it yet. So this is what is sort of labeled the tasting room, and there's a metal frame, glass double door, wooden boards are like nailed across the glass to keep it sort of secure so no one can break in. But just looking at it, it, it seems like this room once served like as a bar of sorts for clientele, either stopping by to taste. Uh, goods before they you know made a, a mass purchase or may it, it doesn't seem set to be like a fully functional bar that might be hopping on a night but it is set up as a full bar top with old bottles and a few tables so you know it was referred to as the tasting room um, if you guys want to spend you know 10 minutes or so and search the room you guys can give me perception checks to see what you find yes so yes in that sort of exploration phase where the clock only moves 10 minutes at a time. Merry Christmas. Ruffy's looking for some booze that still might be good. Oh yeah. This would be the place to look. 14. That's 19. a 19. Oh, okay. 19 and Anita got a 20. Nice. Uh, as you guys are, are going through like Anita and and Reficule, around the same time you kind of are going through the cabinets like underneath the actual bar top. And there's like one cabinet that is sort of got a lock on it, but the lock has been sort of dilapidated, dilapidated and the wood's a little worn for wear. So it just takes a solid yank and the sort of like flimsy lock pops off. And inside you guys do manage to find something, which is 
a handful of unopened whiskey jugs. Mm. That's exact. Now that's the ticket. Uh, and I will set them on the, the counter of the bar. Yeah. I can't carry any of this. Is this, this any good? Every- like, Refuel, I don't drink the whiskey, but is this any, like, special vintage or something? Do you light it on fire before you drink it, or you just, like... Do I recognize the uh, the bottle at all of the whiskey? Uh, looking at the... the So, it, it's just jugs. It looks like this is potentially... Uh, the house whiskey, like the yeast of all breweries, sort of attempt at whiskey, so it was made in house. The jugs are very clearly like a temporarily holding thing. They hadn't, they never got around to fully packaging and selling and making the official bottles. So just looking at it, it's a there's no label or anything. It's just a home. It looks like moonshine jugs, you know, like something they would pull out to to share with prospective clients who might want to buy it. Unfortunately, no fancy labels or anything that makes it super valuable. Mm, sure, look. Doesn't seem to be anything special. Just the well. Got it. And uh, Is there any glasses around? There are. You look down and there's a, a handful of shattered glasses that the clockworks had knocked on the floor. There is probably two or three fairly dusty glasses you could use. And you could easily wipe them. And there was plenty more in the storage area next door that you guys found. That's too far. I'm just going to wipe <laughs> the ones near. And I'm yeah. going to... Anyone else ca- care for a drink? Yeah, yeah. let me go take care of the bees. I'll be right with you. <laughs> so Rick already had a ton to drink in the last few minutes. Like, he looks yeah. both surprised and impressed that Sir still wants a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Or we could sell it to Phoebe. She owns a bar. Could sell it to Phoebe, or we could drink it now. Or at least some of it. There's a bunch of jugs, you see. We have to, I mean, we have to know its quality before we try to, you know, sell it to Phoebe. Yeah, you're able to pretty easily, like, pop open the cork and, you know, give the glasses the the nice sheen of dust, a decent wipe down, and pour it, and, uh... It seems like it's held up in these bottles. It's It's been aged nice in here, and it smells good, and it tastes as Wait, what good time as... what day is it? <laughs> it's probably late afternoon at this point. Probably like 3, ah. 4 o'clock. We're still good. Sun's Maybe still closer up. to 5 now that we've been in the, the East of Albury for a little bit. Pushed it, but uh, still all right. I'll take a drink. Who's all... Are you guys all... all uh, is it... No, Anita, Hal is. So Hal and Refugil? Right. I didn't even bother pouring one for Annie. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, if you'd like, you can taste it. It tastes good. It tastes as good as any other whiskey might. I don't know much about whiskey, so you can tell me if you want, but I do. It, it's good. It's considered, like, it, it's small batch brewed here in the distillery. It's, it's as good as you guys want to make it. Probably worth a decent amount of coin to the right buyer. But both of you guys, uh, as you try the whiskey, can you guys, can Hal and Refugio each make me a fortitude saving throw? As you do that, uh, the camera sort of, yeah, so Hal's fine. Oh, Refugio with a natural oh, one. That's what you get for waiting until 5 p.m. <laughs> so yeah, you take you take the drink. It's going to be like slow onset as, as you're drinking. About 10 minutes after you, you're drinking, you actually start feeling untouchable and like a little empowered by the whiskey uh you actually have uh for right now 
a plus one item bonus to fear effects. Saving throws against fear effects. I feel normal. I feel like I always do. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and as you're drinking, sort of the camera uh, cuts away because Saruk has left to go out back into the, the bar or into the brewery, right? You've left the sort of tasting lot. room where they're tar- trying the whiskey. So I'm going to go to the door. Does it sound like angry wasps if I open the door? As you're like listening to the door and even just creaking it open a little bit, there's very light buzzing. And as you touch the doorknob, the doorknob is starting to get kind of cold to the touch. You can see a bit of condensation kind of collecting on the doorknob. And it's a lot quieter than it was, you know, maybe like 20 minutes ago when you were in here first. Nice. So then... Here's a really fun and theoretically game-breaking question. Uh-huh. Are there any barrels in yonder room of barrels that might have <laughs> holes small enough for insects to breathe, but not so small that insects might break out? Because I might want to make an improvised swarm bomb if I can. That's an interesting... Uh, because that's such a specific pointed question... Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's absolutely <laughs> a barrel to make an improvise uh, barrel of wasps, if you would so choose. Can't wait for the fucking cops to catch me. <laughs> just carry <laughs> With just a wasps. bunch of barrels. <laughs> it's fine. They're just bees. <laughs> but I'm going to get the, the barrel uh, back. Bees. Not clipping through a wall, because that would be bad. Going to open the door and hope I don't die. Yeah, so you uh, you pop open that door, you open, you can see there are still like hundreds of these bees that are like very lethargic, kind of like keeled over sleeping. Some of them are like halfway crawling but can't get very far. And this sort of device in the room is definitely, it's made this room cold. Even in just a few minutes it's been here, it's not quite as cold as the fridge, the sort of cold storage was, but this thing's working fast and it has done a number. The wasp's nest in the corner is still kind of secured there, but all the wasps, other than the ones that have sort of fallen asleep here, have gone. And the room is completely safe for you guys to be in now. I hadn't come in before, but now I see the wasp nests. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so then I suppose just, like, set the barrel down, open it up with a gauntleted hand, uh, guide the ones that can move, gently push the ones that cannot until everyone is loaded up. and then Yeah, uh, over yeah you, take, you take a top. good few minutes to sort of scoop up all these wasps and put them into a, a barrel. Are we saying this is like probably, well, the barrel is the weight, the weight of this is probably the barrel and not so much the, uh, the, the wasps. They're, the they're bees. negligible. I'm probably going to be very, very goddamn encumbered. Is this swarm thing an actual item that already exists or are we making a new item? No, for Pathfinder? no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> what I am doing is I am running with it as far as you will let me. Yeah, no, basically. for sure. Up to and including, hey, what's the stat block of that wasp swarm? Because I want it to fight my enemies. No, yeah, for sure. So you're taking a, a smaller version. It's a fraction of the full wasp swarm that you have packaged into this barrel because most of them have kind of squeezed out the window and gone. But it's enough that you could easily crack this and create a sort of wasp swarm. I would say you're going to have to treat them like a pet and probably give them food and liquid and things to kind of help seed the thing so they don't starve to death but I I think wasps are pretty sturdy right they could probably last for a while without food so you're good in the short term so yeah Saruk is creating a wasp swarm bomb I like it I will create an item for that later you know what I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna say the barrel do barrels have stats in Pathfinder (laughs) 
You know they might. It, they probably do, I right? 1,000% know they had stats in 1E. Down to the weight. Barrel, Pathfinder 2E. Let's go, Google. A keg of ale is like too bulk, so this is not liquidly fooled. I'm just going to say this 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 wasp nest, we're just going to round it because it's kind of big and bulky. We're just going to make it a one bulk item on your uh, keg of keg of wasps. That means I just is need to like drop a, too light and I'm not encumbered carrying this fucking Is it like weapon. heavy one bulk or is it like barely one bulk? It's it's more like the bulk comes from the size of it more than the weight. Wait. Thank you. Are you are you making a joke that I missed or what? Yeah, that went over my head too. <laughs> barely. Oh god! Oh my barely. gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Why are you like this? <laughs> uh -huh. Thanks for joining us, folks. Have a good night. We're off. That's it. We've peaked. Come back for the grim dark, where we definitely won't make those jokes at all. All right. I added a. That's uh, pretty good. I added a keg of wasps to your consumables. Unfortunately, yeah, that puts you. Uh, I mean, you got plenty of of bulk to to work with. But uh, it's gonna drop too light from something, but I'll figure it out. Uh, oh, I see. You can see that. Uh, do you have a? You don't have a backpack. I don't. We gotta get you a backpack to. I feel like the stuff. backpack is on my back and it's full of wasps. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can carry all the pieces of your shield. When we get back to the shop. <laughs> that is objectively true. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> yeah, it works for me. So yeah, so uh, are you guys? Are you drinking more whiskey? You're just doing the one, the one drink over there. What are the rest of you guys doing while Saruk is spending, you know, ten minutes making a keg of what? I know that the lion is make could maybe could maybe be something that Vashon wants but at the same time we haven't really found anything that that Anita would kind of like know that he wants like something that he'd risk his life for so can I do another once over to see if maybe I missed something yeah do you want to pick a room like what room are you interested because when you search for 10 minutes you can pick like a certain area so just making it, it simple done, right pick a room done, and I'll let you search done. that room Wait, what was it that Saruk found? Hal? A, a teddy bear. A lion? Bear. I'll, I'll do this one. Because we did this, this, and this. So I'll do here again. Maybe the pick the room we hadn't checked because of the goddamn bees. The bees? That's I mean, are you sure it's not that cold thing? Because that, I mean, that's the only, like, a thing I've never seen like before. So maybe, you know, he needs that cold thing. Maybe those barrels aren't full of water. They're full of pyrolite or whatever the hell you call it. Yeah, that's kind of like, kind of why I want to go back to the freezer. What were no. they freezing? I definitely found what he was looking for, what he needed here, and I pour me and Hal another glass. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say all that thing. Are there any snacks on their menu, Refi? Hal? <laughs> you want to search the cold storage? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and give me a secret perception check while you're searching in there for, like, you're spending, like, ten minutes time searching. Now, the one thing I will point out is, like, now that this thing has been removed, right, it's, it's like, the cold is gone. So the temperature is, like, kind of rising. This thing's no longer sucking the heat out of the air, and it's kind of getting stale, and all this food that has been kept in the freezer is now coming to room temperature, and you're just hit with, like, a disgusting waft. The start of, like, what's going to be very terrible smell very soon. But that's fine. You search around for a while. You're looking through uh, the sort of uh, the trying to like stifle the uh, the smell and stuff makes it hard to really concentrate on what you're doing. Um, and, and you spend some time 
there's definitely like some moldy potatoes that there's onions there's barrels of what feels like not so chilled water anymore but nothing out of the ordinary nothing that doesn't seem like it belongs in a freezer or nothing of value as you search okay like even when i took the tops off the barrels no pyre knife like substances nope with uh i mean yeah if you if you want to specifically like you pull up and you look it looks like a barrel and of water and even as you smell it it's hard to smell over the sort of rotting food but it just smells like water there's no in, to smell, these things have no smell coming off the barrels, at least. You could try to taste it if you're interested in tasting what's in there, but out of smell, it seems to be nothing. Oh, thank you. We have a mission tomorrow. I don't want to be sick. And so uh, while you're spending the time doing that, and that overlaps with Saruk making his wasp keg, uh, Hal and Ruffy, anything you guys want to do in this sort of time? Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, so uh, if you want to take another drink, you can. Uh, you guys can make me more fortitude saving throws. Hal <sighs> get us a natural one. Uh, so, Ruffy, uh, you don't advance your sort of the alcohol track, so you stay with the plus one item boasting sphere effects. Hal, you join... Actually, you guys both got natural ones, right? Technically, because this is a poison effect, you go straight to stage two with a uh, critical fail. So you have the saving throw against uh, fear effects. However, you also have, uh, you're both flat-footed now as you sit here and sort of continue to drink the alcohol. This stuff's been here a while. Pretty strong. It's not bad. It's, that... it's almost like a bit of, bit of sour cherry, maybe a bit of tobacco, black you pepper. You light that damn stuff on fire. And so, yeah, uh, Saruk and Anita sort of, everyone reconvenes back within the tasting room. Saruk carrying a weird barrel now, and uh, Anita kind of looking a little sickened. Ah, did you find some more uh, whiskey over there, Tusk? No, I found a present for our enemies. This is full of wasps. Back home, it's never have we ever, but there are a lot of dangerous things in the jungle that can make a lot of very bad uh, very allergic reactions happen to folks. Imagine, if you will, Tommy forgetting the names of NPCs. God. But imagine Ambrose's face. Swollen. Oh. It looked like a chipmunk. Now that's the crack. And then anaphylactic shock and he dies, but we're not there yet. Not what we're looking for, though. You're metagaming, right? You read his stat block and it said weakness to wasps. He's got weakness to bees. I knew. I talked to Vanessa. And he, she was like, get the bees. You need the bees. The bees are OP. The bees are the knees. Actually, you know, we'll be fighting a whole cabal of wizards <laughs> who can deal with swarms, but we can't. Right. Anyway. So are both of you done getting pissed? We were doing extensive research into the quality yes. and contents of this bottle. This might be what Vashon was coming for if this was quality content of whiskey. It might have been something he'd be coming back for. Right. So with that logic, you... How how far is it down? How, how close is it to the bottom of the barrel? You took something we had to that make sure his enemies didn't poison keeping. it. Come on. It's definitely not the 
definitely not bottom of the barrel whiskey. This stuff's pretty potent. They've gone through like basically the the jugs aren't huge, but they've gone through maybe half of one jug, and there's like huh. six, seven jugs here. So there's still plenty oh, okay. more. Okay. Well, do you think we should leave that that cold thingy back in the room where we found it? I guess we could. This building is abandoned. Yes, I, I feel like. Everything in there has already gone to the hells. What are we going to save? I don't know. We can just pick it up tomorrow. When we, when we uh, bring Vash on through here, you just grab it on your way through. Could do, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, stall the ball there for a second there, friends. Now, I thought that we were going... Vash had stuff that went big boom, right? Mm. So do we... Do we really want to be looking for the big boom? Ourselves. Yes. Fair play. I mean, it could not even be a big boom. It could it even be, a, be a this stuffed lion boom. that we found. Or something equivalent to it. In the absolute worst case, one of us could stay here and hold down the fort while we go grab him, and he could find whatever he needed himself. Presumably, he knows where it is. There's the issue of those who might interrupt us along the way, but... Well, I mean, one poor soul has to stay here, and I grab one of the bottles. I volunteer as tribute. Well, don't we have to, like, go pick this guy up right now? Otherwise, the sun's gonna go down, and there's going to be a, a blockade, a veritable fortress, uh, a watch, watch, checkpoint. There it is. Checkpoint with all the shield marshals. That is true. Consider, we know where the powder bugs are holed up. We could just, and by we, I mean me, I guess. Who of us has the, the least reputation with the law? I guess me. We go tip them off anonymously, be like, hey, here are these people. They've done a lot of bad. Maybe you should go investigate in force right now and then take advantage of the chaos to get Gattleby where he needs to be. Don't the shield marshals want you to? They do. I'm hoping that I'm not as famous as the pair of you. I don't think a checkpoint will be a problem. I might be for you. No, right? See? Finger, can, nose. Can you say the alphabet backwards? <laughs> My god. <laughs> I wonder if, like, Phoebe could, could help us, like, in this instance, wherein she would be the one that would report the powder punk, the powder keg punks to the shield marshals. She, I, yeah, I, maybe. I assume that she has a little bit more rapport with them. Right. What's the point of working for some secretive, you know, hand of the law if they're not able to, uh, you know, get some shit done for us? Not able to manipulate the fingers on the hand the way they manipulate us? Yeah, no, that's a really good idea. We should do that. Yeah, so have Phoebe talk to the shield marshals and report the powder pump. Ah, them, that group. And then tomorrow... Um, in the middle of the what, parade, march, right? The, yeah, the march, the parade. Uh, we could go. We can use that 
as we could use that to our advantage while we pick up Vashon and go I through all that these routes that you've all have already scouted out. What are we going to stay here and do that? Which is closer? Phoebe's or is this closer to Vashon's place? You ever been there? Yeah, you guys have been there. Uh, is it is this place closer or Phoebe's place closer? God, is this place closer or is Phoebe's closer? Um, now you know Refi's drunk. He's talking to, to Gattleby's. Um, let's uh, let's look at the map real quick. Don't we you. have a map? <laughs> quick to the world map. So the Yeast of All Brewery is over here on the uh, west side of the city, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this green circle that circled, someone circled over here, is uh, the Barrel and Bullet Saloon. Mm-hmm. And way up here, this orange circle is Gallaby's house. So if they're kind of like an equilateral triangle, mm-hmm. which makes it annoying, right? You just got to go out of your way to get to the East Vale Brewery and then back to, to there. So they're all kind of equal from each other in a way. Nothing's like drastically different, right? 1,200 feet, 1,200 feet. 1200 feet yeah <laughs> so I mean yeah seems about the same distance if I remember rightly but uh alright so we can just uh, head back to Phoebe's place and then send her out on a little errand and we can just relax and wait till tomorrow and head out take care of Gattleby once and for all I mean it feels like we've been doing this for weeks but it's only been a few days funny how that works like, take care of Gattleby? No, God! <laughs> if he needs... I mean, yeah, no. Oh, look at Miss Mendoza. No, right? We're not going to take care of him. We're just going to escort him. No, Here. yes, of course we're just going to escort him. Yeah. I mean, this is a good time to point out, right? If... I mean, maybe I shouldn't say anything. It's like meta-commentary, but like... If, if the whole point is to keep this formula, right, this formula is too dangerous, often Gallaby kind of solves everything, doesn't it? And the fact My that she's not asking you to do that is a point in Phoebe's favor, no? We were talking about Blood Lords. I feel like... <laughs> See, God's sing. just saying what Refi's thinking. <laughs> yeah. It's a dangerous line of logic. Refi, that's saying that if I invented something that would be completely powerful, the greatest thing to do is to kill me. Would you be down for that? Would you do that? No. Kill you. No. For the greater good of the world. Screw the greater good. So that's what I feel about Gattleby. But I don't feel that way about Gattleby. Yeah, but I mean, I'd like to think that you and I have a bit of camaraderie, so like at this point, hopefully you could do this for me. Right. So okay. if you're asking me not to kill Gattleby, I won't kill Gattleby. Oh, please don't. All right. So, boys, that's off the table. We're not killing Gattleby. <laughs> yep. I, I thought it said you said you wouldn't do it. That's... He's got a fair I'm not saying I'm going to do it. No, that's not what I mean. All right. Also... Let's go back. <laughs> yeah, so also, like, you know, I know it's been a couple of weeks and we've been playing this for things, but, like, 
in terms of what you searched, right? Like Anita's given you guys have given thorough search of the the cold storage. You've given a thorough search of sort of the storage area. You guys have given a thorough search of the tasting room. No one's really given a thorough search of the uh, the wasp room, right? Like Saruk got the wasp, but nobody's really gone in there and, and turned it over yet. We haven't done a real full. Th- I mean, we did a, a thorough search of the uh, brewery, I guess, too. Um, and we also haven't done a thorough search of like the bathroom. Those are like the rooms. Well, I was gonna go in and get them tools for Miss Mendoza once them bees are done. The bees all take care of. Uh, yeah, Saruk. yeah, you should be fine. All right. I'm gonna. I have a hunch. I'm Let's gonna go, uh, make my way to the turret. Okay. Yeah, you open. Is there the anything inside it, or uh, the, the yeah. tank in the back? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So why don't you give me a uh, a perception check? Uh, I'll just say, like, as you lift up the tank and open the thing, you're like specifically looking in the toilet. Um, just like, uh, it, it uses running water. It actually is fairly uh, decent toilet uh for this area there's nothing specifically in the toilet or in the tank that catches your eye saruk um but by the gods he left an upper decker (laughs) (laughs) the iron hunters got you uh but uh even searching the rest of the bathroom you come up finding nothing interesting in your search of the the lavatory um, and then with somebody checking how you're going to check the, uh, the other room too, the, uh, yeah, the sort I'm of gather room. all that stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've already, cool. I've revealed that. So yeah, you got the, you already got the, um, somebody grabbed him. I mean, somebody grabbed so I did reveal that token. Um, so somebody has get it's, it's a lot, right? It's, it's a heavy book. I don't know who took them. I just dropped it in the party loot. Oh, but I think the thing is though, it's like six bulk or seven. It's a, it's a lot of bulk. Uh, very tired when we get back six to bulk, right? So if you guys, you know, you just know that in the meantime, transporting this is going to encumber you because it's it's a lot of like weird, bulky glassware and stuff. Um, I mean, I could take half now and we could take half later when we come back through here. We've got plenty of, plenty of space in my backpack. Yeah. Sure. Can Wybert carry some of it? Well, no, he doesn't have... It's, a, it's actually... A, a a modification to have. Is it? Yeah. yeah. He's got a big head, to manipulate and interact with stuff. So for him and to interact, yeah, but like he dolly in here. theoretically could be used to just carry stuff, right? He can't. He can't interact with items, but he could be your pack mule, I think. Like, can I set him up where he's just like this, and then his saw arms are like this, and then we place it carefully in the middle of that? Sure. Okay. Does it? Oh, I would mean, help Halbert. Yeah, uh, he's got you know he's got a strength stat and he's got a carrying capacity and stuff. So I think, I think that's cool. He can be a pack mule. He's gonna be walking around like this. Yeah, he's like. Didn't a we like kind of chaotically say his his saw blade is retractable or is it like always out? His saw blade, like for one arm, is retractable. Yeah, but oh, the okay. other arm is, I think, like it's just the pinchers. It's something. Okay, okay. So, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, it's you can, you smash, can. Yeah. He can carry like I think his uh, his eight eight is his bulk, so he could carry the entire alchemy lab for you back to uh, back to there. Um, so yeah, so how you're able to scoop up and get all the the alchemy stuff, and you guys are able to load it onto uh, to Wybert. Um, but like there is like this this. 
this room does have this workspace and there's a desk with like a bunch of drawers in it too that nobody's turned over yet. I'm gonna look around. Yeah, make it. Well, that's uh, happening. I'm going to find the best way to transport this bread. I would ping the tokens, but while well, they're gone. Oh yeah, your bread. You gave me an inch. I'm taking a mile. <laughs> oh, you mean like the yeast from the ooze? It seems yeah. to make enough sense. That, mm, yes, this is yeast. This is this is alcohol. I think this it can make. I think it could. Yeah. Bread. And somebody, one of my, someone I GM for gave me a very long-winded explanation about, yeah, no, back then, it was this, this, this. So what that sounds like is one, two, three. That totally works. I didn't yeah. write it down and forgot. <laughs> I think it A lot sense. of the yeast that bakers use if they weren't doing a sourdough, you know, starter would be from the breweries, so. Oh, yeah, I think. I, and this is a huge vat. Like, it was a large creature worth of yeast, right? So it's. You've got a lot of yeast here to work with, as much as you can conceivably oh, share. You can make another. You can make another barrel of yeast if you so choose, right? And put it in your I mean, I think you did actually. I think you literally said I got a barrel and put wrong. yeast in it. So how as you're as you're kind of turning over the desk, um, you start looking through the desk, and it it looks like the desks themselves have been completely, um, like cleared out. But one of the you open the bottom desk drawer and look and it's cleared out but as you go to shift it back you can almost feel like the shifting of an item like in the bottom of the drawer that you catches your sort of attention and you realize that this drawer has like a false bottom to it i'm gonna turn it over and see what's in there yeah uh, no problem oh, got some smokes here okay i'm gonna take one out and just light it up for sure yeah, yeah. Then uh, what the hell the, is the, this? The, they're old this smokes. It's like a it's like a handmade case, and you open it, and it has uh, you know, like three like hand rolled cigarettes that are definitely stale by now, um, just sitting there like, but you can light them up. Uh, there's also a heavy pouch of silver coins, and then yep. you also find a sort of piece of paper that's folded up into quarters. I'll open it up. And look at it and be like, I don't know what the hell is this. Uh, Miss Mendoza, you think you can read this over here? Oh, did you fall asleep? She's faded into shadow. Oh no, the shadow realm got her. You're muted too. And there's also two of you. Uh, oh, she cast mirror image. I did. Okay. <laughs> okay, there we go. Apologies. Oh yes, alright. Uh, I, I could read it. I see. All right, here you go. I'll give her the formula. Sure. Piece of paper. Yeah, um, as you look over this formula, just like kind of glancing it at a glance, right, without taking a real deep dive into it, just give me a, um, probably a recall knowledge crafting, or if you have a more specific, like alchemy lore or something to that. It's definitely like an alchemical formula. Okay. Public? Make it a secret. That way, if you roll really low, I can Blind. mess with you. If you roll really high, I can mess with you. Either way. So, I hid the roll so nobody except for me knows what the roll is. Um, at a glance, Anita, mm -hmm. the chemicals that you look at are um, things that are commonly used in explosives, for sure. And as, as you look over all of these ingredients... Um, 
you have no doubt that what you're holding is a very explosive compound. However, looking at this, the, the one thing that keeps that you've picked up on just looking at it without even doing a deep dive is this compound looks severely unstable. Like anyone can throw together a, um, uh, a highly dangerous explosive, right? The trick is making it stable until you need it to go off. And the stabilizing agents that have been kind of penciled into this formula, um, it looks out of balance with the explosive sort of compounds. You're pretty sure if you were to make this into an explosive, you could make a very, very powerful explosive, but it might not, it might be super unstable and the slightest thing could set it off and you might be blowing yourself up in your entire laboratory. All right, so this is a very interesting piece of information that you found, how it's definitely a formula for an explosive, albeit unstable. I think that maybe there's one or two things. Either it's the pyronite formula, which is, I feel, no, it wouldn't be careless by Gatobi to do. What? That's why he wants to come back, right? Pick up his little recipe book, mix all that stuff together. I mean, maybe you can just yeah. show it to him when we get there. Uh, I mean, I hope you're going to copy it. Like, maybe you could figure it out how to make it work I'm gonna better. I'm going to try. I still have to finish all the bolt lightnings when we come back. Okay, well, I mean, if we show it to him, yeah, we're going to have to come back here tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah, you found, All right. you know, based on the age of the paper and stuff, this, this has been in there a while. Um, but yeah, you could be looking at potentially the formula for Pyronite, Anita. Potentially. And here I thought the B-bomb was going to be OP. <laughs> I mean, we could also I... kill ourselves with this one if I do it wrong. Yeah. If you were to spend some time, you could actually try to, you know, learn this formula and add it to your mm -hmm. book. Um, just in terms of the the power level and the expensiveness of this, the, the ingredients here are not cheap and not easy to come by. This thing is going to be... Even to attempt to make this at this sort of uh, ingredient is going to be you know, super expensive. I'm trying to look up like how much uh, this item would actually cost, but you know, hundreds and hundreds of goals to even attempt this. Damn. I mean, anything else? Say we head back to Phoebe's place. Ruffy, while they were doing all that, was going to each of the vats and just knocking on them and going, Hello? <laughs> Hello. Yep. I thought uh, you could hold your alcohol, Ruffy. I think we need to get this man some coffee. You can yeah. give me another fortitude save for uh, for Hal and for Ruffy just for sobering up over time. Um, but as you're banging, uh, you know, you don't find anything different. Like there are some that are still full, right? The ones that are labeled. Um, Actually, there's only one that's full of liquid that's, like, leaking. The other two were full of yeast. So there's just one right now that has liquid in it. Uh, yeah, you both sober up down to uh, to level one. So you're no longer uh, flat-footed. You're just you, still just... you still have liquid courage, though. 
That got a bit of a kick to it, doesn't it? You can say that two times. It's got a bit of a kick to it, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's get out of here. Yeah, is there anything else you guys want to do here? I mean, you found the drawer with this formula and some cash and some cigarettes. Um, do I want to? It's got a bit of a kick, doesn't it? I'm gonna pour myself a shot. <laughs> All right, yeah, make a fortitude safe. Oh, it's got a bit of a kick to it, indeed. Uh, so, Rook, you pass the fortitude safe, so you don't get any effects from the... Uh, the Damn, so Rook can I mean, he is, like, seven, yeah. seven feet tall. Like. Yes, that is true. <laughs> he just got beer bong, almost, <laughs> for, like, torture levels. Yeah. Yeah. There's still, like, you guys have gone through most of one jug, and there's still, like, six other jugs here that you guys can take with you. Oh, I've got them all with me. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, it, uh, it seems like you've done a decent job of turning this place over. Um, what are you guys doing with the the sort of cold sphere? Are you guys putting it back in the cold storage? Are you taking it with you? I feel like at some point when the bees were de-bead... I will, well, 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 so I don't remember what I rolled last time. Uh, if exposed to that much cold for that long, well, yes, I will take eight silver pieces. Thank you, Halbert Beastwood. Uh, like, will they just straight up die? Or is this a, like, y'all stay dormant? I Please think don't hurt anyone. If they're exposed, like, if you were to put... If they were exposed to the cold for long enough time or a direct sort of contact, it would probably kill them. But, you know, just being generally in the vicinity of it is just enough to sort of calm them down. So I'll just wrap it up and take it, yeah. Okay. Perfect. Annie, do you think you could make a... What if you added the components from that formula with the wasps and the cold? So you made a cold wasp bomb. How about I think about it? But right now I think it would be too unstable. It's either we blow up ourselves or we blow up we blow up just the, no, the wasps and the cold would be completely negated by how powerful this explosive formula I'm assuming is. I'm going to pretend like I know what that means. <laughs> sure. Well, let's Here, get you some, some coffee. This... Take some of this gold, Anita. Gold? What? So, Anita, oh, if, if you wanted to try... If you wanted to even attempt to like, get the materials together to craft, you know, some of this formula, just so I figured out the price, it would, it, it would cost you 125 gold in materials to even craft it. And that is with our discounted Dang. crafting rate. For one, that's one. Uh, it's a it's a consumable, so it'd make four. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, sticker price is for this item would be about two hundred fifty gold for. Um... Okay. Formula. Oh, two hundred fifty gold. E oh, yeah. No, so I'm wrong. So it's actually, sorry, it would cost you five hundred gold in materials to even make one batch. Oh boy. Yes. Because it's it's a two hundred fifty per, so a consumable four would make a batch would be a thousand gold, and with our half crafting consumable modification, five hundred gold to even tempted. So this is not cheap by any means. 
I guess Gattleby is a high roller. Damn. Grants from the college and all that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, as we sort of, uh, it seems like we're transitioning out of this scene. Uh, are we going back to the barrel and bullet? Yeah, sure. Yep. Indeed. Perfect, perfect. Um, well, you know what? As, as so we, we kind of fade out um, from here towards the... Um, towards the the city you guys are leaving you know it's still like last bit of daylight in the day um the city is sort of coming to a crawl people are getting home from work uh and um as you make your way across the city back towards the barrel and bullet i think that's when we're going to sort of transition to our break for the night because it is mm-hmm. just around break time it's 8 18 right now so uh yeah congratulations punks or sorry outlaws um, if did you find what Gallaby was after, or did you miss an important clue? No, we found the lion. It's fine. Yeah, the lion. Right. Please don't be crazy. We found the, the mold, formula. The moldy uh, <laughs> stuffed animal lion. Yeah, uh, and you found, we found this very dead poppet. <laughs> you also have the uh, the. I, I still think it's he wanted his prize pet wasp. I think that was really what it what it comes down to. So. They're all sleeping. sleeping I just for we took everything just in case. (laughs) Yeah, for fan art. Oh, you didn't take any of the moldy food. That was like what you left. But you got yeast and wasps and whiskey and uh, stuffed animals. Stuffed animals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, For uh, like here's a here's a really quick before we get back. What if we took that? There are two dead constructs, and we have an inventor. Something, something, scrap parts, something, something, crafting checks. I don't know where I'm going with this. Can we, though? I mean, for sure, uh, if you'd like to stop uh, and you kind of look it over, the the brewers themselves have um, part of the, um, part of their sort of clockwork function is to brew beer and serve it, right? So they have in them functional brewing tools like in them that you could sort of loot off their bodies if you took the time to dismantle them um the other thing they have is a uh, a gemstone that powers their speaking the lines where they say like welcome to you and stuff um and you could spend uh you could try to uh to remove the gems with a crafting check if you'd like to as well and on top of that you can flavor uh retrieving a bunch of like clockwork scraps and parts that you can then use to modify Wybird or build something for sure like all of that but what if anita completely fixed it oh yeah uh, it is it is absolutely repairable and you could fix it so you're saying is we could potentially have a walking alchemy lab following us around brewing potions that can grapple shit and make it drunk you absolutely could yeah because they are they're creatures you know this one so this one is definitely had some issues after being like abandoned for so long and when they turned it on you saw how it malfunctioned a little bit but uh if anita was able to properly repair it and spend some time repairing it you could absolutely have your own walking brewery so we would definitely take the time to bring those back yeah. how many trips it took that day do they have wheels they're on wheels yeah there's no wheels no. it actually it walks on it's like tubes the tubes Wait, are it's, like... it's a goddamn barrel we just roll it sideways and... yes yeah <laughs> you could probably it is deta- a wheel you could detach all the like hoses and then roll it yeah 
Yeah. Now it would draw a decent amount of attention rolling this thing through Alkenstar, but it's probably not the weirdest thing going on the streets these days. So mm. for sure, you can bring back um, one of these or both of these brewing machines back to uh, to uh, Phoebe's along with uh, all the other spoils. Yeah, of course. I like that. You're saying we have the, we have Grand Duchess money and connections. We just tell Phoebe that we need some things picked up. We have our own towing service. We don't there have are a lot of ways to skin this owlbear. Walking alchemy lab, I'm just saying. Walking alchemy lab that will attack our enemies and can flank for us. Also, just looking at it, Anita, like the way it's set up is this thing had some some you know, some sort of ale that, that went bad, right? But just looking at it, it, you could fill this with any liquid you wanted and have it force dispense that liquid on someone, right? Oh. Any, you fill it with the wild magic stuff from back at base. Right? Yeah. Like any sort of any sort of liquid you could fill it with, it could then... Have a Mark One and a Mark Two of Wyberts, and this one is like a beer-making Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Right. But uh, the possibilities are endless, for sure. Um, and um, so, yeah, I, I like where your brain's going. I like that that uh, we're going to we're going to have our whole army of clockworks by the time this thing's over. Right. We're taking over this city. Yeah. <laughs> One oh, Amos is going to hate us. <laughs> so as the camera sort of rejoins our outlaws after a commercial break, we see them sort of barrel rolling the oversized uh clockwork brewers like down the street back towards the barrel and bullet saloon um and as as you know it's approaching sundown by the time you guys get back and the sort of bar has livened up unlike in the day when it's fairly empty and mostly just for your guys's use uh you can see that a, a sort of crowd has gathered and there is a murmur um of activity uh I think because you have this giant clockwork brewing thing that you're rolling, uh, if you want, right, outside in the front of the tavern, there is a side gate that leads to sort of the back area where Reficule, you've done some martial arts training, and you've also, there's a, a makeshift firing range in the back that you've practiced on. Um, and a place where normally, like, horses can be kept, like a little stable, uh, doesn't get a lot of use, but... You could open that sort of stable side gate and roll your sort of creations in so you don't have to carry it in through the main bar. Um, so I'll just, you know, I'll just move your token so you can see what I'm talking about. But there's this like side gate. And so you can either roll it from here and need a straight back to the factor to the um, to the workshop or store it in the. Uh, in the uh, stables or take it up to your bedroom. Now, if you put it in the workshop, Nicole is definitely yeah, going to start definitely. prodding and poking and messing with it, right? So, but if I put it to... in the stables, the horses might shit on it. Yeah, <laughs> there's no <laughs> active horses stabled right now, though. Oh, okay, I'll put it in the stables then, cover yeah. it with some hay. What is that flavor? It's quite unique. <laughs> shit. That flavor is shit. <laughs> is that the liquid you're going to put in this thing? It just becomes your portable toilet? Welcome to the yeast of all brewery. <laughs> I can understand. Uh, if you wanted to uh, keep them under the shelter and not let the pigeons stand on them, but horses usually don't just go on and shit on all kind of stuff. I think it'll be all right. 
All right. Well, I don't exactly know the nature of, no of horses. However, I have seen them just prancing around on the street and they just shit everywhere. Whenever they want, but they don't usually put it on stuff. They put it on that baggie that's underneath them. No, that's just mean. Let them do their thing. No, it... All right, sorry. I, I didn't mean to offend you, Al. But you can easily store these in I'll the still stable. Put it in the stables yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can go ahead and stick it in there uh it looks fairly abandoned like not super used it, it's here in case of like emergency and maybe maybe in the uh barrel and bullets past this got a lot of use but these days it's not seeing um too much use on the horses uh in recent years there's been a rise in sort of clockwork vehicles and things that people move around on and you know public transport and things like that it's it's not as common to see people riding horses, which costs, you know, resources to feed and keep alive here in Alkenstar. It's, it's sort of shifted away from their tradition past. The only people you see riding horses these days tend to be shield marshals. Um, and uh, as you're kind of loading this in, the rest of you guys kind of hear back from the tavern uh, the loud murmur of... Um, of of the the crowd kind of getting excited and you realize that here at the uh, barrel and bullet saloon it's actually casino night uh phoebe has set up casino night and um looking in the window you can see they've got makeshift card tables uh there's people playing uh poker there's people playing uh triples there's people playing all kinds of like uh there's like a a roulette table going on in the back and people are spending real money here and it, it's sort of this exciting vibe here in the tavern what are the stakes like in here? I know what we're doing the rest of the session. <laughs> you say that, and now, now the session is uh, completely <laughs> going to be casino night. Gambling. Uh, Did I, yeah, I mean gambling? <laughs> yeah, what are the stakes like? Uh, so this isn't a super high roller casino by any means. Like most people here, the biggest table seems to be sort of at around. Uh, people are playing poker f with like stacks of silvers in front of them, not much gold floating around. Um, but, uh, there is a sort of triples table that has a, uh, a no limit sign on it. You play against the house so you can bet as much or as little as you want against the house within reason. I mean, if you put too much down, Phoebe might kind of nix it, but, uh, it literally is called like the no limit triples. I mean, you want to play some more cards? Yeah. We're looking at like. Anita standing between us and we're looking at each other. Having oh, conversation. Anita just <laughs> made a beeline to one of the triples table. Nice. Yeah, we turned to like, Refi turns to talk to Anita and she's just like, uh. I thought that offered, was like, gambling. Yeah. Some gold no, and we say, if yes, we'll split it on the earnings you make. But, well, good luck to her, I guess, Refi. <laughs> you have a split second to catch her, Hal, and once she's gone, there's no oh, stopping her. Yes. I'll use the five from the twelve silver that Hal just gave me, because <laughs> I still have to is, finish the bottle. Like, who is the dealer? So there are quite a few tables going. Um, some you don't recognize, but there is one table where Nicole is absolutely dealing uh, triples for the house and kind of taking a uh, a cut of the the earnings. Um, 
Phoebe looks really busy, like she's working behind the bar and there is tons of alcohol flowing. People are ordering drinks. She's running around. She looks so focused on that that she doesn't even like notice or care that you guys have come in. Like she's here to to serve and make money and and uh, sort of, you know, work herself tonight. She's not actively running a table. Um, but uh, Nicol is running one of the triples tables. Uh, a couple of other... Uh, dealers that no one recognizes and uh urshap is begrudge like urshap is like bodyguarding right so urshap standing out of the door keeping an eye on things anytime people get into an argument or a, a rowdy sort of in altercation she's over there and she's grabbing them by the scruff of the neck and throwing them out the front door uh yeah it's a it's a scene so the table that anita went to is the dealer nicole or is it Sure. <laughs> I want to go to the Anita wants to go to the table where that cute um, tiefling is. Oh, she's not gambling. She's kind of sitting in the corner by herself, drinking, uh, just kind of like staring out the window. She doesn't look like she's currently partaking in the gambling festivities. But you can go over and try to talk with her. She's just not currently gambling. Gambling girl. Gambling girl. Which one is Anita going to choose? The million gold question. Right. I would sit on the table that would have like the most direct eye line to this <laughs> girl. <laughs> Just trying to catch her eye. Be like, eh? eh yeah. I win! Eh? <laughs> For sure, yeah. <laughs> so you sit near the closest table. It looks like there's a poker table not too far from where she is. So you'd be able to sit down and play like Texas Hold'em or Alkenstar Hold'em or whatever the local poker variation might be against some of the people there. Um, and, you know, you're trying. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to gamble and have a good time, but also catch your eye, right? Yeah. So I'm going to say this is a make an impression roll. It's going to use your diplomacy. Okay. And it's going to target, you know, essentially her uh, her will save. I think that's how I'm making a pressure. Mm. 24. Oh, nice. That was almost a natural one for like a second. <laughs> so um, as you're gambling and as you're, you're trying to very intentionally meet her eye, right? She kind of like uh, the first couple times you get really rowdy and she looks over at you. She looks really annoyed at your sort of antics. Um, mm -hmm. But her sort of. Her, her hard exterior sort of melts and you catch the slightest smirk, the slightest like smile as she like kind of like smiles at you just a little bit before she catches herself and like turns away. Um, but you've at least made a good impression and sort of broken that ice. And she's, uh, if you were to go over and invite her over to sit with you, she might. I'll let it simmer for a while while we go and switch to our other players. Okay, yeah. <laughs> So you've, oh, you've at least okay, made the impression. I've wrote up the table. <laughs> Make a pickup play. All right, so we cut back to the rest. Of, what is the rest of you guys doing in Casino Night, right? Um, there's there's alcohol flowing. You still got all these jugs of whiskey. Uh, like, is it is it? I guess this is my question. Is it business or is it pleasure? Because you guys got a lot of business tasks that you guys would like to do tonight too. But is it time for pleasure before anything? At some point, 
I need to talk to Phoebe, but now feels like the very wrong time yes. to be like, hey, you want to do that other job you do? And simultaneously, I'd like to have access to the like to the kitchens to start making this bread. That also <laughs> seems like the very wrong time to do it because it's all hands. If I go in the kitchen, I'm going to get a fucking knife thrown at me. I've worked service industry before, oh, not I'm, now. They're fucking busy. Absolutely. Fossetier is back there, like, busting their ass trying to, like, cook all the food that's necessary for tonight. Uh, they're probably not going to take too kindly to walking in in the middle of a service. <laughs> But as it dies down a bit, I'm going to go fix my shield. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's the bullet work, so you're able to kind of excuse yourself out to the workshop, and uh, you'd be able to to make a crafting check to attempt to repair your shield. Alrighty. In fact, I wouldn't even bother making the check, let's just say, with no, like, outside pressures and all the time in the world. You're good. You repair your shield. You can make a roll just to see how long it takes versus if it's possible, right? That's really what the roll is for. All right, natural one. Now's no. your chance. Get up out here. Nice. You make it. You make a nice show of it. Yeah. So you were saying. Hey, Hal, give me my shield back. <laughs> All right, buddy. Here you go. All fourteen pieces. <laughs> and and you can also offload all that heavy gear to the party loot at this point, right? Uh, you were saying something about Ruffy. I was just gonna say Ruffy would uh. Seeing how busy it was and not wanting to have this alcohol accidentally be poured out to unworthy people, mm-hmm. was uh, gonna go just leave the bottles up in in one of their one of our rooms, and then probably uh, order a coffee. Seeing as how it's getting late and not gonna be touching alcohol anymore, much too late for that. But um, order a coffee from the bar and then go talk to Urshap and then hang out with her and see if she needs any help tossing, tossing anyone rowdy out. Yeah, Phoebe's a little flummoxed that you've ordered coffee at her bar, um, and she kind of looks and she, like, literally has, like, none of it, like, ready, so she kind of goes over to the kitchen and, like, opens the door and just yells in to Fossetier that it's like, well, no, we, need, we need a pot of coffee out here for our favorite customer. And then uh, you just hear, like, a string of expletives coming from in there, and she kind of closes the door, and she's like, it'll it'll be up in just a minute, dear. That's fine. The coffee always tastes much better when it's made with hate. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then I go talk to Urshap. Oh, yeah. So Urshap, uh, standing by the front, sort of, like, eyes laser-focused, um, you kind of come over, you get, like, a, a, a nod, like, of recognition. Uh, you look a little scuffed, a little beat up from your day, right? Like you got into a fist fight with a yeast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Smell like you know, day yeah. old bar. Yeah, well, you, you probably can't tell in here. You know, this is that like, <laughs> what'd you get up to today? Ah, uh, it's been quite an interesting day. Met up with an adventurer, shot his knee out. Don't think he's gonna be adventuring anymore. Adventurers. I never understood the appeal. Eh, couldn't say. Never left Alkenstar, but uh figured I'd hang out with you tonight. See if you need any help uh tossing any hands. Uh, she nods over and you can see that there's a sort of poker game going on 
and very clear. Well, make a perception check for me. Perception. Clear to her, maybe not clear to you. That's a 25. As you're watching this sort of game unfold, uh, you see this this guy like sitting there with his card kind of facing you. He does this move where you can see he, he very clearly ditches a card from his hand and sort of replaces it with a card from his pocket. And he is 100% like cheating at the poker table over there. And so she nods at that table and it's just like, might be trouble brewing over there. I think you could handle it. Uh, I thought you'd never ask. So yeah, you kind of make your way over there, and then within a few minutes, uh, you can see that the sort of person is caught, and the the sort of it comes to fisticuffs, and the table flies over, and the two of them start hitting each other. Uh, what would Refugio like to do? How is Refugio dealing with this situation? Uh, well, seeing as how he wasn't really taught about grappling and such, more about strikes, uh-huh. I'm going to. Use- He's going to try to knock them both out and throw them both out. <laughs> All right. Give me... Just make it an attack roll. It's just kind of like a, a skill check attack roll here. We'll see how well you're able to do. Seventeen. is enough to, like, basically you knock one of them out cold. And as you try to go for the second one... Uh, it wasn't a clean enough strike to sort of take them both out in one, uh, but immediately as you, you kind of knock one out, the other one uh, looks at you eyes wide and sort of like uh, apologizes and like takes like a step back away from you and starts like scraping the money off the table like into his... Yeah, I definitely would have gone after the cheater first. Right, right, yeah. So you knock the cheater out. Uh, you see him sort of taking his own chips and then while his eyes are kind of locked on you, you see him sort of start going for the guy's chips that he just knocked out. And I just put my hand on his chips that were left and put them closer towards me. Alright, and you watch as he like gets up and like scurries out with the chips kind of spilling out of his hands. And then I take the guy's that I knocked out chips and I put them in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you've made yourself mostly copper, but I, I'm going to say it's about like eight silver, seven copper worth of chips. Alright. This I'll just job, give it to Annie. This job pays for itself. <laughs> I'll just give it to Annie to gamble. Okay, yeah. Woo! <laughs> What's Hal doing in all this? He's probably going to walk up to the No Limit table and look at his five gold he was about to give to Anita so she could go gamble. But he's going to go, well, shit, I was going to give this away. I mean, let's see what this, let's see how much or how far this goes. And I'll put down five gold on the triple stable. Ooh. Ooh, fire gold. All right. Spender. So, uh... Level two. Level two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna oh, act- we're actually going to use that map you made. Nice. Yeah, I, I never got a chance to make Aldo? a poker table. Aldo, what are you doing here? You have an addiction. <laughs> He's everywhere, right? Go <laughs> do your Zumba. Aldo. <laughs> here. Aldo. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I'll say uh, we, we show up, right? This is sort of the representation. So right now it's just Hal playing Triple. So Triples is the game that we kind of invented during the prequels, like on the sort of on the fly, but sort of not really. We've refined the rules a little bit thanks to David Sims, who's one of our patrons, that helped me 
rebalance the rules and stuff. So we're playing with the new rules for the first time. Uh, uh, so this should be fun. So let's... Uh, the way the game works, right, is it's a card game. The cards are numbered one through six, which in our case we are representing with six-sided dice rolls. Um, you're, you start with three cards dealt to you, right? Uh, you, you make a bet, and then you get uh, two cards dealt to you, and then, you, then you're going to get a third card that you have to take, unless you fold after the first two cards. You can add on to your bet if you wish, and then from there... You can add consistently more cards. However, the goal is to get closest to 15 without going over. So it used to be 21. Our new target number is 15. Uh, as well, um, there are some bonuses here, right? If you are able to get three of a kind, that's called tripling. And if you beat the dealer, because you're playing against the house, right? There's a dealer. If you beat the dealer, you get triple the payout. So unless the dealer triples as well, you basically are, with a higher triple, you're going to get your payout. And then the sort of biggest bonus here is uh, what we call fully loaded, or if we want to come up with a more unique name for it, we can. If you are able to get a one, two, three, four, five, that is called, you know, fully loaded. That's the most cards you can take uh, and still get 15. And that get, you get paid out 10 times whatever you bet. Wow. So. How? How much are you betting? I guess it's interesting, right? It doesn't make sense to do rounds of betting. I guess it kind of does. We'll say, how much do you open with your bet? I'd say, uh, I'll just put uh, two gold up there. Okay. We'll say this. When you do the initial bet, if you want to increase it, like after your first two cards, you can then double your bet or not, right? That would be the, the second betting round. You're able to double your initial bet or not. So you put two gold up. Can you roll 2d6 for me? Whoops. That's blind. Oh, that's okay. You got a So in front of you, you get dealt a 2 and a 4. And looking at the dealer... Oh, oh I got to roll. I, got, I didn't roll for the, the dealer. Let me see. So the dealer has a 6 and a 2 showing. So, you put two gold up. If you'd like to double your bet to four gold, this would be the point you can, Hal. All right, I'll do it. All right, you bump it up for a high roller right out the gate, four gold. All right, so you're you're required to get one more card at least. Roll another six-sided dice for me. Two. Two. All right, so you've got two twos. You're close to a triple here. Mm-hmm. But your number's eight out of fifteen, so there's no chance of bust. Take another card, right? Roll it up. I think the other uh, thing that was not completely apparent is the most cards you can get is five. So you get an ace, which brings up your total to one. So nine. you've got nine. There's actually no way All for right. you to bust. This is a decent position to be in. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna roll another one. Take, give me another card. All right, roll that dice. A six would hit you a 15. Ooh. All right, a five, not bad, 14. 14. All right, so, go, you know, it comes to the dealer, so now the dealer has to play it out. Um, the dealer's number that they have to continue hitting on is uh, if the 12 and over, they stay. Under 12, they hit. 
So, uh, they get a five. Muted, Richard. Thirteen. So that's 13. Uh, 13, which means that's the hold number. So the dealer gets a 13. You've got a 15 or a four, 14. And no triples or anything, but you double your gold. You've now get you put four gold in. You get four gold back. Congratulations, Hal. Four gold profit. Woo! And the deal resets. And you are rolling in the money. You're up to eight gold. Well, I guess nine gold. Um. Would anyone else like to join a, a few rounds of triple and try to, you know, earn some of their money? I'll join Hal. Okay. Ruffy doesn't. Ruffy doesn't join. He just watches with her shop. He's giving the money to Anita to gamble. Once Saruk gets done with the shield, I think Saruk is going to start poking and prodding around with the uh, uh, clockwork brewers and see if one I can't figure out what. Like, start that process, you know? Start trying to figure out how to repair him? Mm. For sure. Um, we'll do that roll in a minute. It's going to be a crafting check against, like, the uh, the level of the items and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, we'll do another round with uh, with Hal and Anita. So, Anita takes a seat next to Hal. Uh, how much are you guys putting down on the bet? Two gold. Four gold. Four gold for Hal. All right. Uh, roll 2d6, each of you. Oof. Six and a four for Anita. Six and a one for Hal. Dealer gets a six Ooh. and a five. That's pretty good because they can bust pretty yeah, easily. Yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. So, Hal, you're in the first betting position, so you got a six and a uh, six and a one. Oh. Double my money, or put down at four more gold. Eight All right, gold. we're in for eight. And we're taking a card, roll a d6. All right, that's a one. Two aces, that's almost a triple. Right, so that we're at eight total as your as a point total with a potential triple. One more ace and another card in your I gold. know. Do I um, take the card now, or is the next person? No, no, you, you play it out. You mm -hmm. play out your hand. All right. I'm going to roll. All right. Pull another card. Oh. A two. So, close. so that takes us to 12. You're in busting territory, but you also got that potential triple. <laughs> and it's your last Just potential how I like to live dangerously. Ooh, I know. Yeah. I was going to give up this five gold anyways. I'm going to take this card. I mean. I'll bust. Oh. oh you bust with that five. That takes us to 17, right? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Takes Wait, is that no? Is that six, seven, 15. eight, nine, ten? That's fifteen exactly, right? Damn! That means you hit the number you wanted. Five comes down. Oh, that's dope. fifteen. You Sorry. don't hit the triple or anything, but you don't bust. You've hit like the the perfect number. Like the the worst you could do here, unless the right. dealer hits a triple, is tie. Right? All right. The crowd kind of cheers and claps for you. Uh, it comes to Anita. Uh, raising mine to two gold. So four gold in total. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And you you take a card. Roll a six out of dice, please. Fourteen already. Um, staying. <laughs> All right, you're staying. But you guys yeah. got pretty solid hands yeah. against this dealer, right? Mm -hmm. So six five. The dealer makes a roll. If the dealer rolls a four, that's kind of what. Four. Best. Dealer Ooh. takes a one. But that's now the a dealer a twelve. Do you have to take one more card? Uh, Sixteen's a bust. 
deal or bust, you guys win your money back, uh, double it. So whatever you guys bet, I think Hal was an eight goal and Anita was in four goal. I get four. Mm-hmm. You get four and Hal gets eight. Man, you guys are going to be rich. Who needs adventuring, right? Let's just play cards. <laughs> <laughs> then I look at Hal and say, oh, sorry, Hal, Brent. I do have to go back and finish all those bold Yeah, things. me too. All right. Yeah, Thank we you. Can, you know, we have the potential to play it out. We can assume there's more hands that's played, but like, you know, essentially that's how the card game works. And if you guys ever want to bet like real money and press your luck, we can make it happen. There are places in Algonstar to make it happen. It's a really good segue to support Recall Knowledge on Patreon, but I don't have the rest of the pieces in my head. <laughs> you said real money. I'm like, mm, yes, you too. <laughs> yeah, if, we had, if I had been better prepared, I could segue into the, the Patreon. I need the Patreon logo for the table. We need a poker table with all our patrons' names, Nina. Um, yeah, so back back in the uh, sort of bullet works, um, you're sort of starting to piece together what you can do with these uh, these uh, clockwork brews. So this is a... Um, go ahead and make a, a crafting check for me. Um, the sort of like repair, right? You're just at this point just trying to repair it. To get it back up mm-hmm. to uh, to function. Uh, for this creature, it's a level three creature. Hard to see. So the DC is twenty. You got a seventeen on the crafting check. Uh, I've got a billion hero points. You want to burn a hero point? Let's burn that hero yeah, point as well. DC the DC is going to be twenty, so the seventeen would be a fail. So it's worth burning a hero point. Yeah, I gotta give it a shot. 20 that's the dc you need so you're able to get the machine back into a sort of functioning capacity right um you 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 repair it it's no longer like broken it's repaired it sort of turns back on um you can see it's taken a bunch of damage that you guys have done to it and it still is like definitely like got that glitchy sort of voice that like and it like kind of looks up at you i think all the tubes are still removed and it's like awaiting instructions feel like I should probably recall knowledge about these things before I <laughs> sure. tell the thing to do. Let me set this to secret. Yeah, that would be a recall knowledge crafting check for sure. Okay. Question marks. Nice. Uh, so it's mostly uh, this is mostly around specific generic sort of clockwork information. Um, clockworks are considered mindless creatures, right? They... They have internal gears, and you literally have to wind them to turn them on. So part of this repair was sort of fixing the, the sort of wind-up cap- capacity of this thing. And you had to take a sort of turning key, stick it in, and twist it, right? It had this key sticking out of its back. And by twisting it up, you've basically powered and given it a little bit of life to function. Clockworks, kind of at their core, when they turn on, they await instructions. And you can give it a simple instruction and it will carry out that instruction to the best of its ability. Okay. So as it's saying, you know, I think you think back, especially to like, um, Monzi who turned it on and said, you know, you know, kill anyone you see. And then they immediately turned and tried to kill her. Uh, you have to be careful in your wording because they will follow that instruction to a T and they are simple mindless creatures. I think when it comes on, just enter rest mode and see what happens. Yeah. And so it says, 
standing by and you watch as like it stays wound up but it's kind of eyes glaze over and it goes into a sort of standby mode it is it is possible to put these like power them up and put them in standby nice already one down yeah it 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 does look like um with some of the damage you've managed to get it back uh like like the last person that turned these on there's something fundamentally wrong with it you have it powered up, but in order to f- make sure it's going to fully behave and listen to your instructions, you're going to want to spend a little more time, a little more of your downtime, working out the kinks, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, and also, as you're looking at this gem that's that's embedded in here, uh, you realize this is the gem that is sort of the voice the voice of the creature with the pre-programmed voice lines. So you could easily uh, remove the gem, reset it, and sort of... If you could figure it out, record your own voice lines and give this any person's voice you want. Have you ever heard the saying, an eye for an eye? <laughs> <laughs> so I think the plan is try to get the second one up and running, and then until it's time to approach Phoebe and things have like chilled out, just start repairing them. Try to okay. mechanically try to get all that damage that we did from beating the brakes off of them. Off of them. Right, yeah. Because you can repair, like, the repair activity is like a 10 minute activity that can repair some hit points over time. So if we extrapolate this crafting check out over time, they have a solid amount of hit points. So it takes, you know, a few hours to repair them, but you can do it for sure. Works for me. Yep. So, uh, back in the bar, like, uh, Anita, who's won the hand and won some money and is feeling good. Uh, the sort of tiefling woman that you kind of had made eyes at, at the bar sort of like saunters over towards you drink in hand and kind of looks at your stack of of chips Hmm. would you like to play a game I would have thought you would have done a little more with your newfound freedom I actually am well do you have any suggestions I mean if it were me, I would probably skedaddle down the old dusty trail. I don't know. There's still a lot of people that I'd rather bring with me if I do skedaddle out into the dusty road. Can't bring them, though. I haven't said thank you yet for helping Halbert and I. There's no thanks necessary. It wasn't personal. It was just a job. But now, though, I think we can make it a little personal. It's personal for me. Well, how about a drink to start? Obviously, you got the cash. I could buy you. I could definitely buy you a drink. But I have. I also have another suggestion. After this, I'm going to the workshop. So I have to finish a couple of things. I can make you something. I'll be honest, it's the first time I've someone's tried to pick me up in a bar by offering to make me something in a workshop. Is this like a euphemism I'm missing? Not necessarily. I'm just a very generous person. I love giving. Small world, I love receiving. Alright then. So one drink and then my workshop. Uh, so you can go ahead and, and get her her drink and... Uh, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and I, I is there anything else narratively that's happening or are we kind of like letting the, the 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 scene die down so you can actually talk to Phoebe? I mean, you tell me Ruffy and Anita and how like what is what you need to accomplish tonight. I'm letting it die down so that uh, we can talk to Phoebe or so we right, can right. talk to Phoebe. Yeah. Ruffy's good. I'm going to be in here all night cleaning these robots if someone else wants to like oh, by okay. all means yeah and it'll be in there shortly okay. with uh with, <laughs> yeah yeah Ruffy knocks one out he's good <laughs> Hal Hal's probably just gonna go to bed make sure his dog is alright and it's early or at least go to his room make sure his dog is okay he's gotta get up early so that means you gotta go to bed early That's you gotta true. go pick up that guy yeah Theoretically, too, we've only because this is still downtime. Even though we did the sort of east of all brewery in the middle of the day, theoretically, you could still have the night if you wanted to spend downtime to do a little more scouting and prep work. Um, you found oh, that's quite a, a I would like you found quite that. a bit, but I will say you guys have earned twelve points. The maximum you can earn in preparation is twelve points, so you haven't quite maxed oh. out your your Wait. prep points. You said twelve and you twelve. You said though. twelve and twelve twice. Oh, sorry. You've earned ten points out of twelve maximum. Gotcha. Okay. I believe is where our total All is right. at. <clears throat> okay. I'll go leave once everybody's busy doing their things. I'll yeah. Head out into the night. Make like a shadow and go look around. Yep. So how is Hal doing it this night? What have we done you so said, far? We've uh, done athletics. athletics. We've done athletics. And athletics. I think we've done scouting once. We've done survival. Survival. We've done. I think that's it. I did another one, but I failed. I forget which that was. Yeah. So I would say choose any skill other than athletics or survival that you would like to do tonight, and we can make a check. If you can justify it, we can roll with it. I think I would uh, go from shadow to shadow as I slink around to see if I can remain unhidden from this point to Gattleby's place and then back. Perfect. So uh, that's a uh, DC, yeah, DC 15 stealth check. All right. That is a 15. 15. Oh, keep it. It's going to be a success. You're going to keep it? Okay. So with that success, you kind of tr uh, stay in the shadows. You learn the best way to avoid proper notice. You've kind of traced a lot of back alleys and, and ways to sneak through the city. You've earned one more personal prep point, one more prep point for the team, which puts us at 11 out of 12 uh, prep points. Um, let's see. Yeah, so that's your third personal prep point and the 11th roll team. Um, so yeah. Uh, so as the the night sort of winds down with Hal kind of out doing the scouting, the casino night is a big boost. Uh, you guys do notice like the kitchen, it, it, it hits a peak and then people start passing out, losing their money, going home angry. But um, as it sort of winds down, you can see Phoebe's looking very exhausted. Facilitators come out of the kitchen, dripping sweat, like eight towels on their on the shoulders to catch all the sweat. Just kind of drops into a seat, 
collapses almost with like a bowl of uh, like cold soup and starts eating. Uh, you definitely got your cup of coffee and the whole pot of coffee for yourself, Ruffy Heel going. Um, but it, it feels like the sort of bar has calmed down. And uh, if there was a time to, you know, approach uh, Phoebe, it's probably not a terrible time now. Okay. So as, as they're coming out, it is as the poor chef has finally found a moment to sit and rule. Uh-huh. I've worked services this year, I feel that. <laughs> hey, Phoebe. Uh, Phoebe kind of looks up from you, uh, looks up from the bar, looks at you. Um, you can see, like, her, even though she's just standing here kind of staring off, when you talk to her, she sort of snaps, her attention comes to you. You can tell she's sort of eavesdropping on some of the conversations going on in the tavern. And it's almost like you interrupted her listening to someone else's conversation, but you snapped her out of it. She kind of turns and looks in your direction. One eye moves over towards her, sit down next to her. Powder cake punks. What do you know about them? Hello to you, Saruk, as well. She goes under the bar, pulls out a cup, pulls out two cups, right? Uncorks a bottle and kind of pours a drink for herself and pours a second cup kind of near you, puts the lid back on. Picks up, takes a deep breath. It's always business with you, isn't it? Not necessarily. Too bad I was going to say I could actually respect that. And she like downs the the drink. Nods. Also downs the drink. Presumes he has to make a fort save. (laughs) Uh, You've definitely, yeah, let's make the save, right? It's definitely, uh, you, you haven't failed one yet. Oh, it's the first fail. Oh, we better hear a Jinx. Point. Um, <laughs> hero do we point. Do we know? Fuck it. Oh, I'll let it ride. All right. At stage one, uh, so this is, yeah, this is a failure, but not a critical failure. So you just go to stage one, which means you have plus one against fear effects. You just feel emboldened, right? Not There's no mechanical disadvantage to this. Um, nice. And she, uh, as, she, as she, like, smiles, she says, look, I've, I had to dig deep on this one. Like, this powder keg punks, they're... They're like literally a nobody in this town. What is it that we're dealing with again? Uh, you think this is some, something to do with Gattleby? Yeah, yeah. We're concerned that when we bring him back, uh, people with things that go boom might throw things that go boom next to substances that go boom considerably louder. You know what I mean? Definitely. Well, we know where they're hold up. I think I would go do it myself, but I'm rather famous i suppose i was wondering if i couldn't bother you to first thing in the morning eh, maybe go tip off the shield marshals to where a bunch of people are holding a bunch of very very illegal things that go boom two rocks with one stone you know what i mean right interesting well i'll tell you i didn't find much most people that I know don't even know who these people are. Like, it, they're definitely not players in the underworld. However, there is a address that came up, or a location. I could call in some favors, shall we say, and maybe round up some of these powder kickpunks. Yeah, sounds good. I appreciate it. Y'all hungry? I have entirely too much bread. <laughs> if I can borrow the kitchen, I'll certainly cut you in. 
she's intrigued at the idea of like bread and being and and this, so she is absolutely willing to let you use the kitchen for a share of the bread. Um, the last thing she does though is she like sort of slips, like takes a piece of paper that she has in her pocket and she slides it over towards you. And Just in case you're interested in taking a closer look yourself. And it's it's the it's an address for um, a dance club called the Hotfoot Hippodrome. Hippodrome. I'll type it out so you don't have to. Hotfoot Hippodrome? Hippodrome's Hot where they raced Hippo. horses in the Roman Empire. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it has, like, written underneath it, it says, like, Punk's HQ with a question mark. And she says, this is their one known asset. Apparently they run this club. I don't know if they run their operation out of there or not, but uh, just in case it, it's useful, I thought I would share. Fair. Are you ready for tomorrow? A lot, yeah. lot riding on. The, the city's counting on you. I think we should be fine. I trust the people I'm working with. I... Mr. swallows heavily. It should be fine. I, I believe in us. You can see her kind of like looking across the bar and sizing up. Like Refuse over there with Urshap, and then Anita's over there flirting with uh, Wysalm. Uh, oh, by the way, her name is Wysalm. Wysalm. I don't know if I ever told you that was her name, but her name is Wysalm, the the orcish tiefling bounty hunter chick. Um, and uh, you know. I don't see the. She's like looking at. She's like, I don't see the, the one that likes to slink in the shadows a lot. I don't know what his deal is. But uh. Reconnaissance. I have a feeling we're you guys are gonna do just fine. She she offers you one more drink if you if you'd like it. Yeah, you know what? Why not? All right. She she uncorks it, pours it for you, pours it for her. Uh, yeah. No no effects. You know, Saru. That's not bad stuff. I, I know we didn't get off on the right foot necessarily, and I'm sorry the way things went down. But when we get through the other end of this, just know you're a good egg. Already, very much not trusting this person. I think. I to sense <laughs> intent. Yeah, make a make like, a, a sense motive check. Sirk's like, bitch, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, hard to read. You don't get any, like, you're... She's a trained liar, and she's a trained double agent, and a trained sort of poker face. And with that sort of motive sense role... It doesn't tip you off one way or another. You're not sure what her motives are or what she means by that. And she kind of finishes her last drink and then she's been called off to like refill some drinks on the other end of the bar. So she kind of gives you like a tip of her hat and skedaddles down to the other end of the bar to start uh, tending to her customers. That's good. And then I'm going to make a shit fuck ton of food 
<laughs> then I'm gonna go to bed. <laughs> Time to bake. Saruk gets the uh, the like baker's like oven like what do you call it the the apron on right you got you got flour on your hand and on your cheeks yeah that's that's a that's an interesting sight too people uh you've got a literal fuck ton of yeast and uh there is in the in the um kitchen so i'll just see where does your token end up going oh you're still outside i'll just drag your token to the kitchen so i can show you they have like this whole like baking table here with like the rolling pin and stuff behind you there is a full-on brick oven with the fire going nice and, and roasty so you are still on the rollsmith table oh damn i'm making this bread in the middle of the gambling in the middle of the gambling <laughs> uh, you're able like there is this nice kitchen it's got this really thick like very like pretty fancy for this place a brick oven that would be good for pizzas and or just cooking bread so um, this is a, a pretty good spot to make your bread. And they, they have a lot of baking supplies because they do make bread here like daily. So all the supplies you would need are definitely here. It's just a matter of uh, of executing. Um, there really is no cooking what is skill. Cook looks eldritch. Do we, do we like... Crafting? I mean, crafting, right? It's just... It's, it's crafting is the default. Unless you want to take like baking lore. <laughs> yeah, I what, would if it was tomorrow. What is the ambient temperature right and humidity? Oh, we're talking to an that actual baker here. Question. Sorry, <laughs> there yeah, is I'm no like... humidity gauge. <laughs> but I we're in the middle of a desert. A while and I was like, mm. you can imagine it's not ideal baking temperatures. I mean, oh, look nice. at that! Isn't it though? It doesn't matter. Sarut compensates perfect, and I think you you turn out. I don't know how much you're planning on baking tonight. But I think all of it. it. <laughs> There's sort of the the uh, the flash forward, the montage of Saruk baking, and when we're done, there's like a literal like the baking table is just this giant pyramid pile of like bread loaves, right? Like probably fifty loaves of bread you were able to bake. Nice. That's a lot of bread. It's a lot it's of a bread. Lot of bread. <laughs> doesn't I mean, have... two large creatures worth of bread. <laughs> I mean, it's luck. It's, you're lucky Saruk is like seven foot like of all muscle and was just able to like knead that and mix yeah, it right. and shape it. Yeah. You just you get someone to cast press digitation and we can't it's fucking all conserved, but you know <laughs> what I mean. And take the mace. <laughs> right. Presto. The gun the like firing mechanism goes off accidentally and shoots across the room. You're gonna have flour on you for the rest of the campaign, by the way. Because <laughs> no one can press down me clean. Okie dokie, so I guess it's... You, you're able to make enough bread to feed an army. I'll, I'll leave... What is their cut? 10 of the 50? The, the other 40? Let me ask Richard, because you are the professional baker. How, yeah, like, how long would it take to bake a loaf of bread like that once it starts baking? Uh, I mean, they probably have a... Given the setting... I mean... What is the level of technology in the Barrel and Saloon's kitchen, right? This it's, is Alkenstar, right? Yeah. So they have... It's a fire... It's just a brick and fire oven where you literally just have uh, wood that you toss in to, like, stoke the flames. Like, it's it's open okay. flame brick oven. So, yeah, you usually don't bake with actually open flame. You bake with what's called a falling oven with that uh, case, which uh, is the radiant heat residual okay. leftover. Like, residual left, radiant sure. heat leftover. Depending on how big the oven is... You could bake, let's say, anywhere from 
30 to 40 minutes if you're making like a rustic loaf mm-hmm. of good size, right? Perfect. That's so. from that's like from start to end kneading and, and cooking or just the cook time? Oh, no, no. That's just the baking time. Just the if, cook time. Mm-hmm. Given this is actual brewing yeast and not a sourdough, uh-huh. you're you're looking at probably from the when you started mixing it to bake, you'll it'll probably take you anywhere from two to four hours from okay. when you first started mixing to when you put it in the oven. Because you nice. need two rises, right? Look, I, I can get into you this all day. Let's just so. say, for Saruk to make this good of a crafting check to cook that many loaves of bread in like a three, four hour period, that's like a, a modern miracle of cooking, right? Yeah, I mean... It's a big oven, so you can do it's, a lot of loaves at a time. You could bake that, but gonna... it's the actual physical work of mixing that amount of dough and then kneading it at the same mm. time. Yeah. Rather than in batches. So, yeah. yes. But Saruk is beefy, so... So is there a shot where the clockwork brewer is like arms attached and you're like need and it's like karate chopping the dough? Oh yeah, that's God so fucking true. maybe. Yeah, why not? My my plan before I was like this is gonna take till four in the fucking morning was to like make sure all the liquids out of them and then put the loaves in there to follow and then like go feed Alkansar's homeless. Yeah, but that'll well, be given, tomorrow. Given that it's a desert, if it's still hot out, it actually helps with the time would cut it down. If it's colder, it takes longer to rise. Got it. Makes sense. Well, all that's to say, Saruk, you are an awesome baker, canonically, and you've made a lot of bread. Now, <laughs> in game, Ruffy doesn't know shit about me. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm asking Richard, not Ruffy. <laughs> um, awesome. So, um, how you sort of come in after spending like four hours scouting one last sort of you and Syl out in the streets and getting your last sort of information in. Um, and by the time you're back at the Barrel and Bullet Saloon, it is sort of most people have kind of gone home and, and you see Saruk's back in the kitchen, like the smell of like cooked bread sort of wafting in through the room. And... It would be completely filling the space with that much bread. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And uh, I poked and... my head and I thought, whoa, um, what time are we getting up tomorrow? I know you need to get your rest, but uh, it looks like you got a little bit of ways to go, so. I mean, the later the better for me, but we can't do it at sundown, so. Yeah, the crack of noon, I think. Good news. And then there is a oh, little okay. bread that is thrown in your direction. Anita jumps in the <laughs> middle, takes the bread, scurries away. Interception! Knowing where... New love interest, I've brought you some bread! Yeah, knowing, like, muted. where... Yeah, you're muted. Anita. New love interest, I've lost me voice! I went to college. Whatever you're saying, you know, we couldn't hear you. Yeah, you're still muted. Oh, no. No, I was saying, like, yeah, I caught it really quick, and then I ran back to the workshop. Sorry. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, there's that sort of montage from night to day as we kind of enter our last day, the day of reckoning, the day of the actual escort, right? This This is where you guys will ultimately do this mission or fail trying um anita you managed overnight to finish your crafting of the the electric uh what was it the bottle, bottle lightning. lightning so mm-hmm. four days of work has netted you four awesome sort of alchemical lightning bottles that you can uh use now um yes l- you guys can and rest up restore all your hit points one of each to everyone cool uh yeah, you awesome. can also spend your reagents as you prepare 
any other last minute preparations you guys need to do before you get rolling at the crack of noon uh, that I need to know about, feel free to uh, to ask. I think um, as a sort of like side thing, like Phoebe goes to someone like in the go goes to waste them. Right. And uh, even though she's been flirting with Anita, uh, Phoebe, you see Anita, she's whispering in her ear and then Waysalm has to like bid you goodbye because she's got a job to do, and she kind of gets up and leaves the tavern before like you know, kind of saying her goodbyes to you. Uh, she goes out in the street and she relays a message to someone. That person relays a message to someone, and eventually it finds its way to a shield marshal. And that shield marshal, like the next morning, we sort of see like a raid um, on the. Uh, where that like the bottleneck bridge is there's all the stalls mm-hmm. right um that morning there is like a literal raid on the bottleneck bridge and you actually watch as a bunch of people are arrested in these stalls like near there and uh, carted off to uh for questioning um and uh yeah you've successfully gotten a few of these powder con- punk powder keg punks powder arrested keg punk. It's hard to say powder kickbacks. So by by doing this back channel sort of thing without getting your hands dirty, the shield marshals have raided them and removed some of them. Like a handful of them arrested, but some of them got away. But you've reduced their numbers leading into today, which is a boon and a benefit based on the preparation you guys did. Congratulations. Awesome. So you guys don't see that as characters, but we as players see this kind of happening and the, the sort of what you've done has sort of rippled out and has consequences like out in the world. Right. Yes. All right. So also, before we head out, I'd also like to give a cheetah's elixir to both Halbrant and Saruk. Because the other one you gave them was a temporary one that would have, what goes away in a long rest. Right. Yeah. So this like new one is like a temporary running one. Frantically around the kitchen. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> Who did I give the first one to? Okay. Was it you? Huzzah! Yeah, I got one. Okay. And then... Does everyone still have two elixirs alive? Nope. I got nada. You got nothing, Rafi? Mm -hmm. How about you, Halbrand? Got one. Got one? Alright, so I can each give you one. So one for you, Rafi, and then one for you, Halbrand. So we, we, there is that like morning prep of like Anita doing all this stuff, right? Frantically throwing together like morning preparations. You, you like you've built these really nice bottled lightnings, right? These are the kind of things that like mm-hmm. are sh- like uh, shelf stable. They can mm-hmm. be packaged. They can be put into a bag, nice, and they're gonna last forever, right? But like last minute, there's also these sort of I'm just going to cobble together something really fast that's not going to have a long shelf life, right? And that is that is what you throw together, like, each morning. So what does that look like in the need of sort of, like, work? Like, if you hand someone, like, you're like, here, have, like, a elixir of life. You know, what does that look like with Anita's, like, thing? What does Anita's elixir of life look like? So unlike the 
nicely decorated stained glass of the lightning bottles that actually has decals and details of lightning all across, you know, like the edges of it. Branding. The important. elixirs of life, yeah, and the brandings, yeah, like there's a tiny <laughs> library at the in the corner of yes. all of her bottled lightnings. Um, for these ones that she just haphazardly made first thing in the morning, they. First of all, not all bottles are in the same size because it's definitely from random bottles that she just found in Nico's workshop. So okay. Refi's Elixir of Life came in tall, whereas House came out like, you know, wide and stout. Um, they're not as red as your typical Elixirs of Life. However, like initially when they look at it, they might not trust it trust it especially if they know how it should look like but they just have to have faith in anita and to, to drink those things for some hit points when they need it cool so there is this sort of anita like putting herself into her work and, and kind of distributing these potions um anyone else have like a morning routine or a you guys are i mean you know you're going into like a dangerous situation right so how are you guys mentally and physically preparing for the day as you wake up i think what i want to do is with all of that shit loads of bread uh take it <laughs> around the where we're going to just like the folks who needed an alkin star and try to use that as the end to like hey what have you heard what's going on or just try to squeeze that final preparation point okay for sure, let's let's bribe Feels people with bread. Probably diplomacy. Already. With a plus one bread item bonus. Mm, yes, the bread bonus, the best of all bonuses. Bread bonus. Okay. Pretty good bonus. Better than pickle bonus. Yeah, it depends who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm just reading Streetwise for the fifteenth time this campaign. Okay, so. We're gonna use Streetwise. We're gonna forget where the proficiencies button is. We're gonna roll society about it. And okay. we're gonna have. Get this. Red bonus. Red, which is a plus one item bonus. Wow, I need a status bonus really badly. Because this I mean, is pursuant to a lead that I'm on. Yeah, you could so set your lead in the morning, right? Item. Yeah. This is definitely like part of your lead. So you got a status bonus, you got an item bonus, you got... Got a... I think I we're missing a circumstance bonus, right? Maybe yes, I don't know. Uh, circumstance from Pursue a Lead. Oh, that's Pursue a Lead, so you, the status is what you're missing, right? Item plus one, add to the thing, so 1d20 plus 10! That's a lot for this, where we are currently. Ah, uh, you know what? What if hero point? Yes! Use that hero point? I mean, gotcha. it, it is a success... Oh. Okay. Success. Mm -hmm. Still success. Uh, so, you do earn one more prep point, Saruk. Um, so, I'll add that prep point for Saruk. That brings you to four. Um, in total, that brings you guys collectively to 12. So, you've basically... You guys have prepared as prepared as you could be for this mission. Now, there will be things that you have to deal with and potential threats and things that you could not foresee, but you guys are absolutely convinced that you are as prepared for this as possible. And that means if we come across any, basically what you've earned is a, a bonus 
whenever we have um, any sort of checks to overcome any obstacles or anything that might come up in the day, you guys have, um, you guys have a, I'm just looking, it's a plus two circumstance bonus, a preparation bonus that you guys all have towards overcoming any sort of obstacles in your way during the things that happened today. So just know you don't know what the challenges are going to be, but if they come up and you have to make a roll, you're getting a plus two bonus. And that is nice. uh, pretty cool. You've you've path, you've mapped all the back alleys. You've mapped all the side streets. You've, the locals have told you all the secret shortcuts, which places to avoid, which places to go if you need to lose someone. Uh, and you've sort of you're ready. You're as ready as you're going to be for today's mission. So I will... While we're out, I'm going to stop by ye old backpackery. And I'm going to buy a backpack. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, so back alley Cyrus provide alternate variety. You now get plus your circumstance bonuses to all your checks. So, yeah, your, your sort of last minute bread bonus <laughs> gives you a prep bonus. Nice. Uh, before um, we leave, I <laughs> I'd like to like make sure that I attach my blast boots on. That takes ten minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. To put you could on. Absolutely do that. Mm -hmm. So you attach to the bottom of your boots some blast boot plates, um, just in case. So you've with with the clockwork you fixed up, right? You've got it functional, but you guys haven't like you haven't been able to spend the time to fix whatever the sort of base. <sighs> fault was in the machinery if there was one right maybe they just gave a bad command maybe there's fault to it so are you bringing that clockwork brewer on this mission that um there's a part of me that wants to be like yes under the notion that in the several hours of messing up that we could have scratched all the logos off and stuff so we're not just walking around in someone else's stuff sure it's yeah, mm, out of character i vote yes Raficule uh, leaves that up to the smarter people in the group so and perhaps also out of character. Feel. What do you think the mechanics are with that? See, are they like, are we bringing them as minions that require being commanded, or is it yeah. a, like a fire and forget construct that we'll just probably don't get close to it when it's angry? It's yeah, it's a mindless creature that you can give one simple command to. So whatever your simple command is, it would do that command until you then spend actions to change that command. I guess is the way to look at it. Okay, That's so like. Then. In the morning, Saruk has loaded too much bread in the <laughs> the walking bread containers. Excellent. Right. So what's what's your morning command as you load them with bread? Follow me. Easy enough. Very cool. Um, yeah, so short of any other sort of... Uh, Richard has... He's trying oh, his best. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So, Reficule, probably one of the only days you'll see him actually wake up early. When there's a mission, he wakes up. But, uh, I'm gonna take 
three bottles of the fine of the whiskey that I got. One of the ones that's already drunk, and then two more. Okay. And I'm gonna go down towards Phoebe. And I'm gonna say we found a bit of a let's just say buried treasure in our scouting the other day. Care for a drink? See what you got there. So I'm gonna reach back behind the bar myself and take <laughs> two glasses. She, you look at, you can see it physically hurts her, but she doesn't stop you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do it on purpose. She kind of rolls um, her eyes. Um, and I pour two glasses and I slide one over towards her. She, she, she uh, takes it right and uh, sniffs it a little bit looks at it like she's she's actually like trying to assess the quality of what you brought her right where'd you say you found this doing a bit of scouting bit of an abandoned uh, warehouse to cheers to mutual beneficial transactions Alkenstar. To Alkenstar. Yeah. Drinks it. Not bad, huh? You brought you brought like two jugs? Yeah, two of the jugs. Yeah. So three. The the one that we partially drink in, that's and where I pour it from. And then right. two unopened ones. I mean Are you looking to fence these sell them to me like I, I would i put this in the bar i'm thinking trade these two bottles for two bottles of your cheapest strongest booze you've got i'm talking the lowest of the low shelf that you have that has the highest alcohol content I... and two rags uh I can do that. Excuse me for one second. She like disappears back into like the kitchen storage area and, and rummages about for a bit and brings you uh, two like small kegs of what you're asking for. Yep. So uh, I want. I was hoping for glass bottles actually. Glass bottles. Uh, we can do glass yeah. bottles. Yeah. 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 And two rags. And two Thanks. rags. They're like yeah. covered in yeast and bread. It's like <laughs> from Saruk from the night before. Ah, I'll give them a soak and they'll do. But uh. Thanks, I I hate wasting anything of good quality, so. And I take. You see me act. You see, oh, Raficule immediately uncorks the bottles, puts the rags in, and then turns over the bottle so the rags soak. Turns it back over and then puts them in his coat. She's like, got a. Got any idea what we should call this whiskey? Kind of thinking. Hmm. Perhaps brimstone, something along those lines. Hmm. It's a bit dark, but uh, maybe grim dark, maybe. <laughs> well. I appreciate it, and she kind of adds them to like beneath the bar and locks them up. As do I. And you're taking your Molotov cocktails with you? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Now, I'm not going to waste good stuff on it. <laughs> yeah, is there is there already like a Molotov cocktail in Pathfinder that you know of? I have no. I'm assuming there's got to be. I know there's like pint of oil, which is like a flammable liquid that we could just. It's probably the same mechanically mm-hmm. as like a pint of oil that you can like. There's a act. You can basically light it and then throw it or throw it and then light it right there's mechanics already in the game for that so mm-hmm. we can lift those mechanics and make our own molotov cocktails yep but i'm not gonna waste you know something that's drinkable right right yeah you don't want to use the good stuff perfect um um yeah anything if else? it's okay <laughs> yeah what's up yeah uh before we actually head out I would like to uh, get uh, get Saruk like alone for a second I'll pull his towering frame to a corner or something <laughs> okay. right? just look up at him real quick oh sometimes I'm so surprised how, how tall you are anyway oh thank you for taking a knee and I pull something out of my pocket you see that there's like this um wallet-sized metal sheet, and then she hands it to you. And then when she hands it to you and you take a look at it, it's this very minimal kind of like sketch of how you describe yourself and your sisters. And then um, she'll say, I know it's not the best, however, we've done a lot of missions for the past couple days, and Every time I hear you talk about your family, you always talk about them in such high reverence. And apart from the symbol that you have, which I know doesn't necessarily reflect your family itself, I'm hoping that this big little drawing does something for you to keep around while you're not at home. Sure, it's the best. It came from a friend. Thank you. I sort of folds it up and puts it like inside like one of the bandoliers where his ammo is yeah try to keep keep it it right here in your heart wherever your heart is i've heard that sometimes it could stop a bullet you know my family watching over me even from afar yeah some people have scolded me if i knew i was still down six hp and hadn't treated wounds myself just like just heal yourselves up you guys are fine you can you have time to heal it before we go nice so. You see Ruffy pop up after that conversation. We can test that theory right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was whispering, Ruffy. <laughs> He's got good ears. That one. Come on, let's let's get moving. All right. Yeah, and uh, so uh, there's a like, that sort of crossfade as we end up seeing um, you guys make your way across Alkenstar without drawing too much attention, other than well, I guess you do draw some attention because you do have this giant clockwork brewer that's following Saruk. Anywhere Saruk goes, it's just like like a little mother, like a duckling following the mother around, and you're just constantly handing loaves of bread to people, right? And that's how you're kind of generating a lot of this information that you earned already. But, um, you know, the children that like that see you come by, it's like it's like the ice cream man comes by, but it's like the bread man. So, like, they all run out to, like, see what you have and, like, get the loaves of bread. And, uh, yeah, you spread quite a bit of good cheer, like, kind of with your just selflessness um, across the city and they give you the little tips that push you over the edge in your preparation um, and without too much worry you find yourselves in front of 
Gattleby's house, which you guys have been here scouting it out plenty of times. This is the first time Anita's been here, but the rest of you guys have done plenty of scouting and have seen it. And so, yeah, there's this sort of overgrown yard. There's this heavy fence that's about like, you know, seven, eight feet tall with like barbed wire across the top. And then there is a gate that's got like a chain wrapped around it. There's no lock on the chain, but it's just the chain's been wrapped a few times to kind of hold the sort of gate in place. And then beyond that gate is a pathway that winds its way up to the front of Gattleby's house, along with that poisonous sedum overgrown plant that his yard is completely populated with. 